Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan from the Darkness Collective. So Chris Dowds from the Eastern Border decided that it would be a cool idea for a couple of us from the collective to get together and do an impromptu holiday episode in the form of a quiz show. Now, there's a few things to note before you listen to it. First, while there isn't any crude language in this episode, there is crude humor and a few innuendos, so I wouldn't exactly suggest it for small children. Secondly, with this being an impromptu episode, we had a couple of preparation issues. The main one that you'll notice is that during the first few minutes, you can hear dishes being done in the background. We tried to mitigate this, but since it's all in one Skype recording, we had to just kind of deal with it. It only lasts a couple minutes, but afterwards it's going to be smooth sailing for the rest of the episode. So with that being said, we hope you enjoy this episode, and happy holidays to all. Hello, 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 and welcome to this parody of... uh... QI show, Dark Myths QI welcomes you in the va- wonderful place where the fragrance from your mango groves make me, makes me wild with joy, which is an actual quote from Bangladesh National Anthem. <laughs> in today's episode, which is surprising and interesting, I, Kristaps Andresons, will be joined by our four most intelligent, most diligent and responsible members of the Dark Myths Collective. A.K.A. those who showed up. <laughs> uh, first, first and foremost, we have our supreme grand leader, Jordan Harbour, here. I, I'm here. I'm... Where's the applause? <laughs> okay. We love Jordan. Uh, then we have Scott Philbrook from Astonishing Legends. Hello. His special task is to try to, try to hum his own theme song. Um, no, I can't do that right now. There's too many glasses of wine. It's fine. It's, this is this is how this show is gonna go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> then we have one of the Davids from Blurry Photos. It's me, the David. The ultimate David. The ultimate David. I I have devoured the other David, and I have gained his power. <laughs> and of course, we have Ryan from Rumor Flies. Uh, greetings, comrade. I love how that was the best introduction for me. That's it. <laughs> Hey guys. <laughs> Nobody likes you, Ryan. You're the best. I've accepted it at this point. 
I'm sorry, we, we, we shared this very specific Louisiana, Louisiana style of things. For those of you who don't know, QI is a British television show which you are using under fair use agreement, I suppose, because this is a parody. There's no British so people here, it doesn't matter. Ah, some, some, some British people might listen to this, it's gonna be great. So I'm gonna ask you some questions and then we're gonna figure out what's going on, where and how, and you have to be interesting on this. So, I will now start, for example, you know, with, with something very common and cool so that you get the hint of everything. For example, you, you might not have official languages in the USA, I don't know about Canada, but we in Europe, well, we do have these. Sometimes multiple even. And sometimes weird things happen with them. So, can any one of you tell me what happened with Italian language in 2007? No, I've got nothing. <laughs> Make a joke. It became the official language of a certain country. Which country was that? Oh, man. I'm terrible with history. Greece, Italy. Italy. Well, Greece. Scott. <laughs> Scott gets three points. Because, indeed, previously, before 2007, Italian wasn't the official language of it. Because most of Italy yes. was not Tuscan. Specifically, you say Etruscan. Okay. Now wait, now hold on here. I thought that we we got points deducted for being right. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. So this is this is the starting one. Well, it doesn't uh, matter which direction you go, plus or minus, as long as you have points. Negative is fine too, I guess. Yeah, negative is completely fine. And the, the shame that the shame that uh, Clarita Stone isn't here. But you know, we are dark myths, and we have all sorts of. Weird things going on on our show. Yeah, everyone guys... wants to hear Darksmith Boys Night. Nice. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'll start with this very interesting fact that you'll have to actually think for a bit. So everyone knows Rudolph the Reindeer here, okay? That, that myth is popular there in America as far as I've learned. You missed a qualifier, but yes, we know him. <laughs> okay, that's great. Well done. I don't even know. <laughs> Basically, Rudolph the Reindeer uh... can fly and do all sorts of things that normal reindeer can't do. Yet, and this is this is an interesting thing, what Rudolph and quite possibly all the other Santa's reindeer can't do, but ordinary reindeer can. Ooh, uh... Get, uh die in mass. <laughs> no, that one's actually really good. Was, was that, that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> Okay, uh, let me think about this one. This is, this is very specific, this is very specific to Rudolph. Unionize, unionize. <laughs> Well, close, close, but no cookie. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Rudolph might not not be as he seems to be. Shapeshift? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You see, oh, Skinwalker. Oh yeah. Possibly. Sorry, sorry. It's sorry. a bit worse. See, Rudolph and all the other reindeers are male, right? Mm -hmm. Then they are all eunuchs. Are you saying that? Oh. Wait, what? Are you saying that reindeer can't reproduce? Of the 40 different species of deer in the world, only in reindeer, females have antlers, not males. Females cause their antlers in spring, growing them back in time for winter, when they need their antlers to compete with other females over holes they dig in the snow to reach their food. So ma male reindeer just drop their antlers during winter. And the only way, how, and, but this process doesn't happen if the reindeer has been castrated. Therefore, oh. none of the, the, therefore Rudolph is either female or has no balls. Huh? And you know, as uh. they're all male, then you know, they're all castrated because Santa is a bit of a dick. 
Well, you know. Rudolph the castrated reindeer had a very high voice. Sorry. Jesus. Fair enough. Oh, boy. Well, that's why they're so angry, all those deer. All those reindeer in the in the cartoon. Well, uh, what was it? Uh, I think there was a Krampus poem that was involving the other side of it with all the very angry reindeer where he had the sleigh and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Yep, yep, yep. This is this is where it goes, and while we're talking about winters and stuff, uh, does anyone of you went know when did the last ice age end? I don't know the last time I've seen ice in Louisiana, so just skip me on this one. Oh <laughs> man, wasn't it, wasn't it like still last in the ice year was age. like wasn't Correct it last question. year with like ice age five or something? When when did John Leguizamo is John Leguizamo still doing it? Fourteen thousand years ago. Ooh, Ryan loses 10 points. Oh, well, at least I gave an answer that wasn't involving John Leguizamo. I know, and my, I'm waiting for my Google to come up here. So No, no, no <laughs> Googling allowed. Interglacial, interglacial oh, okay. period. So we're, we're still in an ice age. Jordan, your first episode of Twilight History is involved in ice age. I feel like you should have this one immediately. But Jordan <laughs> did get it completely correct. We're still living in an ice age. I did because... minus five points. No, no, no. We Jordan are? Gets points. See, the thing is, Ice Age is we what we refer to as Ice Age is just a glacial period. And right now we're living, as Jordan said, in an interglacial period. See, the geography people, Ice Age just means a period on planet Earth where there is ice anywhere, on poles constantly, or anywhere, really. Because hmm. we have had periods who, who just don't have it. We we had periods where it was just not Arctic; it was just land. Yep. Okay, that's interesting. So that's um, and this this one is specifically for Ryan. This is this is one specifically for Ryan. <laughs> so, uh, how <laughs> okay. much percent of our brain do we actually use at any given moment for thinking? Oh man, ten. No, that one is very wrong. Minus ten points for whoever <laughs> said ten. That was me. Astonishing Legends. That was Scott. I'm, I'm gonna cop to it because that's how I am. So it's really hard to gauge that from any given time because you can have sleeping versus waking brain, but it's not ten percent. It would generally be anywhere from ninety percent to a hundred. Um, there's no minus rule. ten points, Ryan. <laughs> all right, you're gonna need mm -hmm. to give me a source soon. It's actually three. He's making it all up. No, because uh, apparently, and I, I picked this specifically for Ryan, because, see, the thing is, I sped specifically, uh, we use at any given moment for thinking. You see, uh, for starters, neurons make up less than 10% of your brain. Neurons is what you use for thinking. And secondly, Peter Lenny of the New York University Center for Neural Science has recently published a paper stating that the optimal performance for brain neurons firing is to have no more than 3% firing at any one time. And that's like instantaneously. Otherwise, the energy that's required to reset each neuron, neuron after it fires is too much for the brain to handle and it kind of loses efficiency there. Hmm. So basically, if we would use our 100% of our brain all the time due to how it consumes energy, we would basically pop out it wouldn't function we would just burn out instantly okay is anyone in the mm. positives of points right now <laughs> no one cares <laughs> I, I didn't even get any points for my interglacial period you did you did it's just no, that I, I don't good. 
I, like I don't that. even I don't even know. Alice counts the points. They are so arbitrary that I don't even know how much points you have, guys. Kristaps, uh, uh, please send me that article. I'd really love to read it. That's awesome. I will. Yeah, I, I feel. Like uh, by I, the way, I, I something, something on Skeptic's something. Guide to the Universe about about you know us actually using all of our brain. We uh, use all of our brain for various reasons, but for thinking specifically, which I mentioned at oh. any given moment in time. I See, guess I wasn't is... even exercising that at 3%. <laughs> so, uh, okay, something, something really easy for you guys. How many states are there in the United States? Oh, 50. No. Right oh, now? Oh, minus 10 points, Scott. Right now, 52. there's one. Well, well, are you counting Jamaica? 23. No. Christoph. What? In there, what year? <laughs> there is one state, and it's the state of sadness. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I mean actual states, you know, the stuff that makes good. I actually think we're in the state of denial right now, so. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, which phase? One state. It's actually 46. Okay. So the other four don't reproduce? No, no. (laughs) Uh, The thing is, four of them are commonwealths, and they're not technically states. They also call themselves legally on the designated, their designated title is commonwealth, like commonwealth of Kentucky. Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and Commonwealth of Virginia. And even though they have the very same rights as states, and even though they are effectively states, their official designation is a commonwealth. That is why, you know, they're not really states. Christophs, did you pick up a book past 1873? Yes, I did. Okay. I confirmed this today. (laughs) All right. Okay, guys, you're, you're offending Flora here. David is from Kentucky, so watch what you're saying right now. That's not a state. No, it's a commonwealth. He's right. Okay. It's on It's on the flag. <laughs> I, I only know a Napoleonic Code, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I, you can't ask me about that type of stuff. And this, okay, but, but we're getting too serious here. Okay, guys, you have to know this. So, turns out, turns out, Yoda had a first name. Can you throw me some bricks? Actual first name. In the script. Don't mess with me on this one. <laughs> okay. Throw it Christos. to me. No, sadly, sadly, Lucas didn't come up with this. But if Lucas had more say in how Star Wars ended up, Yoda would have first name. Uh, he was Mench. actually referred by the first name on the original. It was Mench. Mench, 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 Mench. I know that one. Yes, he was Mench. It was either M-E-N or M-I-N, but it was one of them. I remember that. And also, Yoda doesn't have a species. He, he is Yoda's species, even though they made Yaddle, too, who was on the Jedi Council in the movies that didn't exist. And uh, I'll just stop right now before I get too far into a Star Wars chat. <laughs> With no, yourself. No, it's completely fine. Okay, which one of you is the ancient Greek expert here, mind you? Which one of you did the most ancient, ancient episodes? I guess Jordan, oh. right? Jordan has done things. Oh, okay. so this is, I was going to say Kristoff. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he spent all night working on this one. <laughs> well, basically, this is a very simple one. What color did the Greeks think the sky was? Green. Black. Well, it wasn't blue, because they didn't have a concept of blue. Oh, At least not add, me- add, add 15 points to Jordan for this. Truly, there is no word for blue in ancient Greek. Homer's yeah. descriptions of color in the Iliad and Odyssey. Blind green. Homer sucked at describing things. There was a theory that he was actually colorblind because he described honey as green, 
And also, yeah, yeah, when honey people's was green. faces had like the the uh, they were green, like the face of fear and stuff like that in his writings. So a lot of people thought that Homer was colorblind. That's the most recent See, thing that I've read. The C- also theories hmm. that there was no Homer. So. Yeah, that's Homer true. was a professional. <laughs> Basically, honey was green, like Ryan said. Sheep and the sea were. Oh, we have forest here. Hello, forest. Greetings. You Can don't you know me? anything about how this works. Oh. That's excellent. Let's carry on. Anyway, the sea and the sheep were in the color of wine, but the sky was described as bronze. 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 Yes, it was bronze. Uh, Homer's palette was also limited just to five colors: metallics, black, white, yellow, green, and just red. It's kind of like an old western, like a sepia. <laughs> like maybe he was colorblind. So if there wasn't a color pertaining to a sword, it didn't exist. I guess so. Now, a more simpler <laughs> question. What color is the Guinness beer? Brown. Dark. It's like a chocolatey wine, brown. Wine, dark green. I, I want to say... You, you know, there, there was a... Um, sorry. You know, there was a, a really good Radio Lab podcast all about this. Yeah, about Homer being colorblind. We talked about this just like literally right before you joined in. <laughs> I'm glad I'm always a day late and a uh, and a digit short. For anybody uh, missing, think... uh, Forrest Burgess from Astonishing Legends has now. There's two representations for Astonishing Legends here. Awesome. They can they can lose twice. They can lose points twice as fast. Oh, that's how it works now. <laughs> too, too many. Oh, I know. I thought uh, some of the one of the points might have been that people actually see colors differently way back when. And our idea of color has actually evolved some, or See, was it thing, just that, or was it just that Homer was colorblind, actually, See, or the, blind? <laughs> you just totally blind. See, the thing is, you have to give interesting answers, and that's that's a pretty good one. But uh, I don't remember who said this. Alice will tell you. But according to the official site, Guinness is in a very dark shade of ruby. And Forrest, you're now you're now really? hanging in for Scott. It's ruby. <laughs> also the color of passing out yeah, also the color of passing out well that's the thing maybe if you held it up to the light or then it would depend on the color of the light you're holding it up to I can, I can see where they would get a ruby color but uh, and it's, when it's in the glass and I'm about to drink it it's uh, it's pretty much looks like soy, soy sauce to me so okay guys hey where's Scott Forrest replaced him for now Tag team. Okay, that works. He, he, he does that. Yeah. Anyway, United Nations General Assembly, by the way, and these questions are all over the place. United Nations General Assembly declares each year to be a year of, you know, something. And it sometimes gets very crazy and weird. So, for example, year 2006 was the year of potato. I was very happy during that year. <laughs> year 2016, this one they were living, living in, you know, what could be... The year, year of why, God, why. Uh, year of the toilet. Year of fantasy. Jordan? No, did I get it? Nope. Oh. It's it's a food stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. it's the year of um, uh, Rocky Mountain Oysters. <laughs> Sad, but no. It is the international year of pulses. I don't know how you pronounce it. Basically that, dried legumes. Is that a food? Basically dried, like, you know, the seeds of beans, chickpeas, lentils, and the like. Those things. I ain't never seen that at World Market. Yeah, is that GMO? <laughs> I don't know, but the United General Assembly decided that, yeah, 2016, we were eating beans all along. <laughs> now, can you name something that has been smuggled into space? 
Oh. Mm. Uh, tomato seeds. Pencils? Oh, pencils would cause lots of trouble. Golf ball. Tequila. <laughs> Tequila would also be nice, but the, the person actually got into real trouble for this, and then regulations were in, were, were kind of pr produced. It was in 1965. Wait, they had regulations uh, in 1965 for space? I thought they were not to that point yet. Or space smuggling in 1965. 65. Are we talking about Han Solo? Han Solo. We're definitely talking about Han Solo, right? Nope. Now, did you say well. Russia or the U.S.? U.S. The U.S., okay. I don't know what rating this podcast is for, but I'm going to guess condoms at one point. <laughs> don't go there! <laughs> oh, no! Condoms! Oh, watch your mouth, <laughs> Brian! Oh. Actually, I don't actually, want people to paint pictures in their that. head. What? It's a corned beef sandwich. Close corned enough. Beef. Astronaut John Young was reprimanded by NASA for smuggling that in. And only after this, NASA drew up regulations to, quote, prevent unsanctioned food making it into space again. Well, that's interesting because the only thing I can think of is it's hydrated as opposed to all the dehydrated food they have to eat. So I don't know why corned beef would be such a no-no to smuggle up there. Uh, was it on rye bread? I don't know. It just says cream corned beef sandwich. Also, you know, but and, and talk, talk talking about cool, interesting things. Um, and this is this is a small, tiny, tiny bit of a bit of a thing. Can you guys figure out and maybe talk about the coolest stuff ever on planet? That is a there is a thing called the Condor Cluster that can be found in Rome. Do you what? have any ideas? What it's no googling. It's Condor. It's called the Condor Cluster, and it's found in Rome. What does it do? City. Yes, it's a, it's a city, yeah. It? I have no idea. So in Louisiana, we have something called Roman candy that they sell at like the zoo and other places where it's, it's, it's taffy. I don't get why they call it anything else, but it's taffy. So I'm thinking it's like a popcorn cluster fused together with taffy. It's, by the way, it's, uh, by, by the way, it belongs to the Air Force, United States Air Force. All right, well, there goes that. It's a bunch of old men sitting around in a bathhouse. Condor, it makes sense. All the condors. <laughs> I heard no, it's cooler than in the that. <laughs> it involves gaming consoles. Oh, are they Commodore sixty fours just put together to make a computer processing power of modern day? <laughs> it's you're actually quite close, Ryan. You see, the fact is, Condor Cluster is the thirty third largest supercomputer in the world right now, and it's a trick. It's Rome, New York, not Rome, Italy. But it but, is all Commodore 64s. No, it's 1,760 <laughs> 1, Sony PlayStation 3s wired up together to form a military supercomputer. Okay. It's called the Condor Cluster, and it's capable of performing 500 trillion floating point operations per second. And playing one the half fastest of interactive the computer in the entire U.S. Defense Department. But can it the run Crisis is, on Ultra? <laughs> the thing yeah. is... When PlayStation consoles, when they started building this project, PlayStation consoles, these consoles cost about $400 each. At the same time, comparable technology would have cost about $10,000 per unit. So all, all right. these PS3s cost about $2 million in there. So they, they basically saved up about 90% of the cost of all of this from an equivalent system built with off-the-shelf computer parts. And it also consumes just 10% of compatible supercomputers and energy. 
Oh, it's the only time consoles have served a purpose. <laughs> but yeah, you Americans, you you've built you you sometimes show great efficiency and innovative decisions for like these solutions. Well, but don't you love know me how, in that group. How, how really efficient? <laughs> oh, yeah, Canada is actually much better at this. By the way, Canada oh, really? Canadians have much one world. Canadians have a whole bunch of blackberries. We tethered a bunch of blackberries together. Blackberries are super superior to iPhones and Galaxies. I gotta say, because they have buttons. The buttons, it, they're they're better. That's they're not just fair. Better, Canada doesn't they went need the cooling capabilities that we need down here. They they just leave their stuff outside and it runs fine. <laughs> so. Oh, but Jordan, uh, this is especially especially for you because I'm poking at Americans, and I'll be continuing on that because you know it's really easy to poke at Americans. But okay. what has been banned in Vancouver since 2014, which is I don't know, probably the only place on the planet Earth that I know that this thing is banned. Americans? No. <laughs> they banned something in Vancouver in 2014, and I got really confused about this. What would they ban in Vancouver? Uh, foreign money? <laughs> I don't know. Close, but no cooking. Anyone else have ideas? Uh, Cigarettes. Hypodermic needles. Doorknobs. <laughs> is is it a food item? Doorknobs. Doorknobs. That's your, that's your real answer? Doorknobs? That's the real answer, doorknobs. Because <laughs> they, they ban these doorknob things because you, you, you must have to always use the, the no new doorknobs may be installed. Uh, all new doors must have these lever things because for the elderly people, it's hard to grab a doorknob and open it. Uh, okay. Canadians are nice, you see. They are. <laughs> too just not Just not to business. <laughs> just not to people that want to renovate their houses. But talking about efficiency, uh, how, many, how many bullets per insurgent did the United States spend in Afghanistan? Oh, uh, I'm not answering that's this That's dark. One. This got dark. We are not going to compare that what? to the Russians. Wait, come back. Say it how again, many say bullets it again. per terrorist or insurgent killed did the United States spend in Afghanistan and Iraq and the Middle East, essentially? Do they have to be in One million. Zero. We gave them free. Woo! <laughs> Wait, how yeah, This is like prices <laughs> right. The thing it's is. One dollar the... or five thousand. See, the number is uh, so large that your local manufacturers can't even, can't even like, compete in the market. They, they run out of bullets. I said. American Army. Where am I at? 250,000. Per oh. insurgent? It was only. Yep. Oh. What? Because you had to buy you had to buy tons of extra bullets from Israel because you ran out, and none of your military could do this. As they famously said, in every war movie ever, they're not paying us to bring them home. <laughs> yeah. Can we just move back to swords? I feel like you really have to think about what you're going to do with those. Talking about swords and and hunting and all these guys. <laughs> wow, stream of conscious here. Uh, We're getting all over the place, you know. Uh, and yeah. I would like—I would like a who, who's the biology expert from all of you guys? Flora, Brian. No, the what <laughs> expert? Like Flora. Someone who knows the... something about biology. Flora. Oh, biology. Okay. Okay, so where do you think humans stand in the food chain? I mean, there are dark—we dark lords are obviously higher up, but you know, where, where exactly? You know, on a scale from one to five, where would you put us with with? Five being like yeah. below sharks, <laughs> where everything else is. Is a shark a one? No, no, 
one one is one 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 would be someone who just eats only plants. Well, technically, it would be sharks, then Chinese people, because they're the ones that have been <laughs> extincting them. So, uh, I, I, as far as I know, we're apex predators. Oh, Ryan loses ten points. All right, I should just quit my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, uh, a lot of people thought it, we might be this, but I don't know. Well, what about viruses or, or you know, bacteria? Oh, I mean, surely we're below those if we, if we I... want to get really. Okay, know, I'll, I'll give you. Our, I'll give you a score. We we score at the, according to this group of French researchers, and this is an article from Smithsonian. Throw out that See, study. These guys, these guys decided to use food supply data from that. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. These guys used data from the food supply data from the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization. And they calculated the human tropic level. I don't know what human tropic level is, but they calculated this level, essentially. Oh, so on a scale from 1 to 5, with 1 being the score of a primary producer, which is a plant, and 5 being a pure apex predator, which is an animal that only eats meat and has few or no predators on its own, like a tiger or crocodile, they found that based on diet, pure diet, humans score a, a measly 2.21. Can you pro probably imagine on what that on what level that's, that puts us in? We score 2.21. We are about equal to an anchovy or a pig. <laughs> oh, okay. We eat anchovies too. Take that, anchovies. Well, which one of oh, you has, been, has ever been speaking about plague on their shows? Uh, the dancing plague. Did any of us Jordan has yeah. over and over. Because I've listened to the the episode of Twilight Histories about that. Woo. Okay, all right. All oh, right. just plug it right, right. in there. Let, Go ahead, Jordan. It. This is you. Yep. <laughs> so, how many cases of plague, mostly bubonic, are there? Uh, are there in the United States each year, right now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um. 500. Oh. <clears throat> a bit I, I think it's yeah. You know, I think it's pretty low. I would say uh or uh 10 or less. I'm going to I'm going to go a hard 4. <laughs> it's actually the median is 7, but it's in the range between seven. 1 and 17. All right, so price is right rules. Now, worldwide, however, <laughs> how do you think? What's the difference between you guys and worldwide? I'm going to I'm going to stick with 500. I'm gonna stick with seven. In worldwide, it's about three thousand. Oh. Three thousand. Hey, Price is Right rules. <laughs> I don't know. Price is Right rules. Uh, if you uh, don't, if you don't go over, you win. And I was close. Also, and this is a very interesting study about you know random cases and and all these weird things that happen with people. After all, we are dark lords and speak about dark themes. How do you think? What percentage of the world's population has never seen snow in their lives? That excludes all Canadians ever. Well, where I live, it doesn't happen much. Uh, you're talking about percentage-wise? Uh, Approximate I, percentage. Uh, like, I would say... Percentage, just, just according to United Nations, again. Two billion. I would say about 60% uh, of, the, of the world's population is not, doesn't see snow. Is this... Uh, are, are you counting... Jordan, you get like five points. Did I, was it two billion? It's correct. About sixty percent of world population has ne have oh, never that, seen snow. Oh no, that was no. There you go. That's that, me. That was forest. Yeah, I get forest, the yeah. I get the points. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a totally random wild oh! guess. Oh dear God! Jordan and Forrest at the same at the same show. My head will explode well, from the. Corner. We both have lush beards. Give Jordan so sixty anyway. anyway. <laughs> Jordan wants sixty. Think you're thinking of Scott Chris, with the beard. Chris Tops. What? Were were you were you also counting the people who have seen Ernest Saves Christmas? And the... <laughs> I don't know what that is even. That'll, oh, it's a great show. That that'll up uh, that or lower that percentage. I bet. I know that guy. Met him in person. <laughs> Actually, no. Wait, yeah, is he alive? He's dead now. Oh, Jim okay. Barney. Oh, Jim Barney. No, oh, yeah. he died. Cancer. I oh, think. Oh. Uh, he should be alive. It's That's not legit. Down. He should be alive. Lots of people should. Oh, yeah. I'm now just bringing this... it down. Bringing it down. We're just left with oh, Tyler Perry Christmas movies now. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, on Astonishing Legends, the person with the beard is Scott, which is me. The person with the sexy voice is Forrest, which is Forrest. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. So, Quaint. And yeah. then, okay, but, but now, now I'll move to Forrest's favorite theme, which is in German. <laughs> I, know, I know a few. Which is what? So, in year 1822... A stork brought something to the little village of Klutz, which changed our understanding of a certain, shall we say, biological event instantaneously and miraculously. It carried something to the small village of Klutz, which changed a lot of biology forever. It was a murder mystery, which was deliciously ironic for the town of Klutz. <laughs> Flora is closer than you might think. Three points. <laughs> Baby Hitler. No, it's year 1822. I know, but come on. I just had to throw it in there. Time traveling wow. baby Hitler. You're going to delete this whole thing, right, Kristoff? <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's me that controls now. who says about baby Hitler. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Hitler gets bleeped out so that everyone can. Jordan out just what... like spoiled a little bit of his next Twilight history story. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will give you a, I will give you a, a little small hint. It was a weapon, a rail gun. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the rail gun. Was Let's it the rail the aircraft? Gun. The the bell? No, the that's Maxim. too early. No, that would be America. What year was it? 1822, and no Googling. Mm, Gatling gun. Uh, the Maxim? <laughs> no, no, no. See, Just so far, this event even has received an event that's called Pfeilstorch. 
Mm. That uh, was a Latvian interpretation of a German term. That's going to be hard. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Previously, we did not know that the storks or other other birds migrate. After this, mm. we knew that they migrate in winter. Coconuts? Well, <laughs> it's cooler than that. Cooler. So they migrate. Yeah. Also, think about it, the themes of our show and whatever you know, we do. It's dark. Mm. Dark coconuts? Play. No, no, no. <laughs> Monarch butterflies? God. It was a weapon. It was okay. a weapon. Uh, uh, then an arrowhead or a or, or a, uh, an arrow or bow of some kind. It, it's, I'm gonna guess it's. I'm gonna guess it's something that's not, arrow that is, in its uh, neck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Pitch. The thing is, the little the kind of the store just arrived, and it had an arrow through its neck, and and nobody knew, and they just figured out in 1822 technology that it must have come from Africa. So then they started thinking about all of this. Do you know what? Do you know some previous and that's theory? That's the birth of eugenics. That? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Jordan, seven points <laughs> for evil. <laughs> In 2001, Australian John Keogh won an Ig Nobel Prize for his invention. He won what? it jointly with the Australian Patent Office for granting him the innovation patent. 2000 beer. No, no, it was just a long number. Two, two hundred, one hundred, ten, oh, oh, twelve. That's his patent. He he took his patent and his name, and he got an ignoble prize for it in 2001. Now I wish you, I wish you imagined the most silliest thing what you could patent. What what did he? What what was his invention? So what's the guy's name the again? War John Keogh, but you don't. Come on, don't Google. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to Google, but I, yeah. what were the I'm numbers? I'm also missing here? like Bubbles every third beer. syllable here. So you you said one ten. You you said some other numbers. Are those significant? That's his patent number. It's a real patent. Oh, the patent number. The patent number. Uh, it crazy. Was 2001 and John Keogh won an Ig Nobel Prize, not an, an Ig Nobel Prize. Yeah. I'm going oh. to say it's a, a simple tool like a, a hammer or a shovel or something. The outhouse. <laughs> the bog roll. It's better. It's, it's, the invention actually presents a, a famous answer to an age-old question, you see. Where do we poop? The outhouse. <laughs> and, yeah. Chicken or the egg, then? Uh, on that level, yeah. But come on. Yeah. It's uh, Australian. I, I, I'd, if, if I was you, I'd guess he'd invent, I don't know, machetes that unfold to have more machetes. Oh, uh, the, the boomerang. No. No? <laughs> it's even more stupid than that. Uh, Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> they do have crocodiles. I, want, I just want to know how low can you go. Australians? Uh, not oh, not the condom. Outhouse. <laughs> and no. We already did outhouse. Happiest <laughs> The Let's Wheel. See. What? Oh the wheel. Well the I was wheel. close. I said, Wait, I in two thousand one. That's ignoble. See, see the thing is that he was a lawyer, turns out. And uh, he was really angry about the fact how the Australian government had changed patent applications. And he used to be a patent lawyer. So if previously patent needed to be drawn by a lawyer and you had to have some engineering knowledge. Then this guy basically decided that all this new patent system just is terrible. 
and that they would issue a patent for everything. And, you know, he just did this as a joke. The thing is, they really rubber-stamped him, so if someone asks you who invented the wheel, which is the age-old question, just respond, John Keog. Uh, that is kind <laughs> that's of... That's interesting. That's just like Gene Simmons patenting... Uh, well, he, he put a... Uh... A trademark, I think, on the dollar sign with two slashes through it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you don't see that anymore, because you can charge people for it. I should Wait, he that. actually won that wait, patent? Wait. He actually, he, he actually uh, was not, successful with it? I'm not sure if it's a copyright or a trade. I'm pretty sure it's a trademark, but he has... Illegal binding to the dollar sign with two slashes through it, and that's why you do not see that even on a keyboard anymore. Well, damn, that's the one I really? like. Yeah, I should probably well, cover you... that in the show because I heard that and I have not corroborated that whatsoever. Yeah, that Ryan, was a get... topic. Ryan, you get points for this. This is amazing. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and Google it right now. Shut up. I know I'm not supposed to, but whatever. Uh... Well, it's just a good thing that yep. no one's patented the podcast. <laughs> uh, until tomorrow no, there, there was a guy right you're making a joke right because you know there was a yeah. patent troll yeah, oh, yeah that's what you're doing yeah okay, although he sorry. claims he's not a patent troll okay no i know all right so it's a, by the way, sounds exactly what like a patent troll would say by the <laughs> yeah, way, another interesting question uh the word podcast what does it kind of stand for, and why is it a podcast? Anyone of you have any ideas? So there was a movie in the 80s I... called Pod People. It was a Spanish film that MSC3K <laughs> covered, and it had a guy named Trumpy on it. And he was able to tell... MSC3K. <laughs> yeah. I just love Pod People. It was great. I would guess it has something to do with the iPod, the first uh, kind of delivery device. So they just they just went... Which year did the, the term <laughs> podcast appear? But it was in the newspaper, mind you. Uh, maybe 2003 or... No. That late? No, it's going to be earlier. Than, I would say 2000, 19, 2001, something like 1999. that. 1999. It was actually 2004, and the first time podcast appeared, it was on the newspaper, The Guardian. Really? So who was the first and podcast? The then? idea was that, you know, we spoke... Dan Carlin. We earlier spoke about the fact that this year was the year of, of like, the pulses, right? The beans. So the idea of a podcast definition is that, you know, you had a this specific way of presenting it. It's like a grouping. You cast your shows in a pod from which people can take it. Like whales. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. Because it's a oh, whale right. of a good okay. shot. Well, that is, so does that, does that, then also mean that like the uh, the iPod is that where they got that because I might turn yeah it'd be something like that where you have a small device it delivers a lot of uh, material of, over that of like a, a tape player that people had so that's you know everything's everything was I uh, before it but I and I believe that's an Apple um, that's Steve Jobs doing that but the uh, the idea of the pod is that it's yeah it's like a seed it's giving forth you know information I guess by the way podcast. I have to ask you one question that is specifically with love from Mother Russia, of course, you know, just so you won't forget. How many Rolls Royces did Lennon own? Uh, I would guess 42. Whoa. Wait, how many? Who? <laughs> Lennon. Who? <laughs> Wait, which oh, communist? John Lennon? John, John Lennon, yeah. John, yeah. No, John yeah, yeah. Or... no, not John, the very Vladimir Ilyich. <laughs> John uh, Lennon rode I know bikes. of one that John had. John Lennon had the one with the multi paint job which michael yeah. jackson later bought yeah he also bought right. joseph yeah. merrick's <laughs> skeleton so he michael jackson bought everything 
Yeah, he did. Yeah. A, a champ, small children, just. And by the way, Ryan loses. <laughs> Ryan loses some points for asking who. Yeah, Not on true. my okay. show. Well, though. you tricked us before with Rome. Uh, the other Lenin, I'm uh, I'm gonna go with uh, 42. See, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin apparently had okay one last guess. He got more. He got more than Mussolini. He got nine, including apparently know. the world's only half-track Rolls Royce adapted with skis at the front for snow driving. So I don't know about that. I just know that we have a store called Linen and Things over where I live, and no, I have not seen a single Rolls Royce in the parking lot yet. So Linen and Things. Uh, it, it's just one of those. <laughs> we don't have any Rolls Royces here. I have little. I don't even think I've seen a Rolls Royce in my life. Um, but a, a real quick update. Uh, I was wrong. It was Gene Simmons that he patented. He trademarked the money bag with the. The dollar sign on it. <laughs> well, uh, much different. Guy's gonna have a cow over that one. Right, I know. Well, that's a that's also an Apple emoji. So he's he's getting a he's getting a they're breaking a hunk off for him for that, aren't they? Yeah, probably. Um, but they, as long as it's only like one slash through it. But sorry, I don't know how many cars Lennon had. He had nine Rolls Royces, of which one was made specifically for him. Hmm. Now, I mean, if you. Everyone else has, uh, wait a minute, everyone has read the Harry Potter here, right? Uh, have you seen the movie? Huh? Great. Anyway, yeah. have you actually, you know, you, you, you are informed about Harry Potter, right? So, uh, in <laughs> people in France always ruin everything, including Harry Potter. So, in the French Harry Potter version, what's Voldemort's middle name? Baguette. Pierre. Baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. It's a Lavender. very American name. It's a very American name, by the way. Sam. Gravy. Fred. What? Donald. Donald, yep, that's my guess. <laughs> it's Elvis. <Don>. Elvis? <laughs> yep. Elvis. Really? Oh. And talking about Harry Potter. Well, well which is the uh, what? Uh what's his name? Uh Oh, crap. Dumbledore's first name is Albus, and I guess it will be appropriate that his nemesis middle name would be Elvis, I guess. That's how you work it out. That's the only circular <laughs> reasoning I can use. That's right, it's Ryan. Albus and Elvis. Elvis v. Elvis. How, how, are they, how are they allowed to do that in France? That's, that's copyrighted material. Can't, you're, you're talking about the French <laughs> translations, right? Yep. How do well, you even say Elvis in French? I feel like that's a very hard word to say with a French accent. Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. <laughs> right. But, you know, France is not the only country that ruins everything. Let's turn back to our favorite America. <laughs> well, as, as they say, no, the, uh, France copies no one and no, mean, no one copies the French. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there is, a, there is a very American symbol that's like everywhere that apparently, according to, again, our favorite United Nations statistics data and, and other, other sources, uh, the people in the world, like more people in the world, recognize this symbol than they recognize the Christian cross. Boom. Do you have any Coca idea? Nope. I'm but you're close, you're close. Uh, McDonald's M. Forrest, you're uh, saving, uh, you're, you're saving yep. them for all the things, yep. That's it? Ah. Yeah. Ah. Seriously. Good job, Forrest. I still think Forrest, right? <laughs> okay, I've seen a lot of people on the floor uh, uh, on their knees for the McDonald's, so. <laughs> what? Okay. <Bye. laughs> like it was a church. That's another story. 
that's the, I've actually, I, I bet I went to a uh, McDonald's in Freiburg. We that actually came up on one of our podcasts, and uh, I know the rule there in Germany is that it they had a model. They couldn't mess with the M because that's the major symbol, but it uh, the rest of the storefront had to match like the the other 15th century buildings around it. So that was specifically a German rule that they could they could make McDonald's adhere to if they if they wanted to be in that uh, in Germany in that uh, next to a historic building. There's a rule in they New Orleans for that well, too. There's actually a, a black McDonald's arch on St. Charles Avenue in like the historic oh, part of New Orleans. But that's why you yeah. go to Burger King because you can have it your way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever you want. Well, I mean, you have to have a McDonald's in Freiburg, right? Uh, yeah, they're pretty much everywhere. It was, I actually went in there, and uh, the, the the major, you know, everybody has a story about what McDonald's they went to at the Great Wall of China and, and what was different about it. Uh, the one in Germany, they served beer, and you could smoke in there. So every every table had an ashtray, which was see. That's odd. what I look for in a nice fast food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> There, hey, look, the other stuff's going to kill you anyway. You might as well be smoking and drinking. So, uh, But it was kind of a neat novelty. Also, they had, uh, instead of the Big Mac, they had the McTimber burger. So, Now, that's Canadian. Oh, yeah, I know. That didn't, it didn't make any I know. And if you ask Germans, they're like, well, what's that referencing? Like, well, we don't know. We don't have any trees. <laughs> well, they they claim to have the first Christmas tree, though, in the, uh, in the oh, square. Yeah. And getting back to Christoph's earlier mention... Uh, apparently, as the legend goes, the first decoration was golden potatoes on a Ooh. tree. Nothing there more glorious than that. That's so 1984. <laughs> <laughs> what brings closer Cleopatra and the moon landings? Uh, uh, mm, mm. This, this one is, by the way, in Flora's garden, because it's kind of a pun. Oh, it's a blank. What brings closer? Yeah. Is this a riddle? Yeah. No, it's actually very <laughs> stupid. Chris Daps, I hate to say lost in translation at this point. But... <laughs> is it uh, oh, Cleopatra? Asp, is it uh, rolled up carpet? Yeah, <laughs> he said ass. Both. With a piece. Ass. Yeah. All right. How about this? Both didn't happen. I'll just go with that one right now. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick made a movie about both of them. First, first, yeah. first number someone says is the number of the amount of points Ryan loses for this. Okay, can we repeat the the question again, please. Oh boy, you're going <laughs> to but I love this one. It's just that the Cleopatra actually lived closer to moon landing than she lived to the building of pyramids. Oh yeah, I do remember that. I I still get my mind boggled by that whole little fact about Egyptians and how long they actually lasted. I mean, they are, they are still alive today. There are Egyptian people. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Rip Egyptians. Dude, mammoths were still a thing alive and running around in Siberia when they built the pyramids. Well, you know, but, however, that's a big point of contention now. If you, get, if you really get into Egypt, uh, you know, fringe Egyptology and, and uh, what, how old things actually are, because I, I think with the Sphinx, at least, they... Uh, the general rules, I think, between four and five thousand BC. Uh, but the uh, if you dig down below the sand, the base. Now, this is not my you know personal theory, although I think there might be something to it. Towards the base of the Sphinx, uh, the sandstone shows water erosion, and that area did not have significant rainfall. Uh, you know, prior to uh, or 
that that era took place about 10,000 BC. So they so there's this big debate about how old uh, the pyramids and the Sphinx actually are. I, more so with the Sphinx, I yeah. So there were a lot of mammoths around. Does anybody have Zahi Hawass's um, Skype name? We can call him up and ask him about it. <laughs> Wait, is that the guy He's with the hat? I would be asking is that him. that the guy I, with yeah. the hat? He is the Egyptologist. He's the only one you possibly could have ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, that won't let you look under the paw yeah. of the Sphinx. No, no, he's, he's, the, he's yeah, anti-paw. Yeah. Well, there's, that's the thing. All the uh, archaeologists, I don't think, are very happy with that guy. because uh, I mean, he's very entertaining. I used to... Uh, he would, he's been on several specials... Um, uh, that would appear on Fox at, uh, way back when I had a VHS player and would tape them. And so, you know, he's very, he's very, he's much a character, but he'd, uh, but he's, he's also very, uh, I think he gets, he, he's, you know, considered kind of a mouthpiece of the government and he won't let a lot of things be, um, uh, kind of explored further, like the, the possible secret chamber under the paw of the Sphinx. Well, as far as I know, he actually isn't that much into the, the scene anymore. I think he was ousted after, uh, Egypt Q 2K14. Yeah, Egypt Q 2K14. Yeah, he was retired. Retired, yeah. So, who's there now? Some guy that has not talked to History Channel yet. It's Forrest. Forrest is in charge of it. It's an Amazon Echo. I think that's just running. If you can ask questions, I don't think that there's any. I, I, he, he was kind of, you know, back when Egypt, Egypt was a little more stable. I think he was a good, you know, kind of a spokesman and. Uh, again, because he's kind of a character, he's he's very knowledgeable. He knows his he knows his stuff. He's just not, uh, and I don't know if it was totally him. It might have been the Egyptian government, but it was, it was all like, well, we're not we're not going to get any help. We're just we're going to do this ourselves, and it'll take an extra twenty five years. Well, Forrest, yeah. um, good good yeah. that you mentioned really smart people, because you know we are all idiots according to yeah. Greeks. <laughs> Greeks, and why is it? Yeah. Why would Greeks call all of us idiots? Because of. Our language, it's... Oh, no, no, bar, no, bar, bar. no, 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 I know what he's asking. No, 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 it's not about... Idiom, idiom, idiot, is there any kind of uh, etymology? Uh, eto- uh... it, it has, it has, <laughs> it has, to, it has to be with what the word idiot meant for them. We all have ideologies, that's why. No, no, it's basically idiot was everyone who wasn't a politician. There were politicians and idiots. And it just meant someone who's not into politics. How that term has changed a little bit. I'm the biggest now, Yeah, now it's flipped. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to that take that low hanging fruit and just pick it. Uh, sorry, well, talking about low hanging fruits, let's talk about your imperial <laughs> imperial system, which is like uh, like I always say, you what? poor you poor people are stuck using primitive pagan measurements anyway. That again, you're you're not. St- I mean, your your method is just I don't know a little bit better, more convenient than what the Sami people of Finland are using. They have a measurement of length called Poron Kusema. One reindeer. Oh, good. good uh, <laughs> or, it is, uh, an it is reindeer connected. It is reindeer connected. Yeah, Jordan, an get an, uh, The distance between uh, antlers or an antler length? One no, Santa. The, awesome. Just a it, nose to tail? It makes, almost more, it, it makes more sense than a yard or, or a mile in my eyes. The the time spent in depression. <laughs> time time spent look, looking at pictures of Rudolph the reindeer and being sad about it. Uh, nose to back hoof of a reindeer. No 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 it it involves a it involves penis. Oh okay that clears uh, things up a good bit. Let me get let me think about this one. What, uh, what's with all the uh, the reindeer penises? <laughs> yes. Hey, that's there's two episodes over. You go with what you got up there. <laughs> Good night. Like, 
That was or, or, or it's at the pet store. Uh, no, no, no. Here in America, there's all kinds. You can get uh, uh, dried bull penises. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I think, I think like when, I, when, tell, when I will tell yeah. you this, this measurement, you will start using <laughs> it yourself it. in Friday evenings, like late Fridays, something like that. I really you hope there's a use... follow-up question after this, and I do not want to end this on a reindeer penis question. Of course. <laughs> See, the yeah. thing is, Poronk stands for mm, its measurement of length, which is the distance a reindeer can walk before needing to urinate. What? Wow. Jeez. Is it, Wait, is it that, that uh, consistent? Poronk Wow. And why would that be important? Because they are nomadic people. They live in the middle of, middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, how about eating? Yeah, that's you know, what like, you got. You know, how long can a reindeer go before it needs to eat again or drink again? But how long can it go without eating before it dies? That's a good measure of time right there. <laughs> All right. They just had a sense of humor. Well, it must be pretty consistent. So you're, you're measuring <laughs> yellow spot to yellow spot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, you, there's something left in the snow. Well, here, here's a question. Here's a question for Kristaps before I, before I forget. If you're talking about silly uh, units of measurement, isn't there one that was uh, Czarist Russia was going by uh, called Ashkans or something? Or it's um, they had their they had their, it wasn't uh, the metric uh, uh, system yet. It was something that uh, uh, I don't know if the Czars implemented it, but it uh, it it started with an A. All I know is I've seen a uh, uh, a Russian uh, Mosin Nagant rifle that has a um, you know a distance sighting on it, and it's not in meters. Uh, it's in that weird uh, pre World War One uh, or pre revolutionary um, unit of I'm measure. Try I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about, but honestly, I have no idea. Uh, we had <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these these things, but it's it's crazy. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. Okay. How now? If if anyone if anyone you could understand me, like I mean, I mean we're we're talking about about weird things, right? So, uh, an interesting, nice question. Uh, let's let's be polite and, and and nice here, and you know. Did you just <laughs> I'm dodge out. a question? No, I did not dodge a question. I'm trying to do a segue. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and the segue music. Where segue music needs to be put in there. <laughs> There's your music. That's going on my soundboard. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, this is this is going to be uh, kind of kind of interesting. Name, give me the name <laughs> of the first, uh, like, uh, name of the thing that got first silicone implant, bre silicone breast implant. Oh boy. The first. The thing. The, the name proud of the first owner thing that of got the a first breast silicone implant. breast implant. Uh, Carol, Carol, uh, no, Carol Bob uh, Dota. Marilyn Monroe. Wasn't she? A, I think she was a, a dancer in San Francisco. Ah, that's the first person. I said the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dog, <laughs> yeah. actually. Then the the inventor's dog that he took home on the weekends for fun. <laughs> By the way, kind of close because you, you, you know eight, you get eight of them and they're they're kind of hairy, but they're. Thick, you know. <laughs> The dog was called Esmeralda, mind you. It would have to be like a septuple implant, by the way. Well, the male dogs wouldn't have to drool by, uh, you know, ringing a bell. Tiny implants. Can we just go back to Hold reindeer me closer, penises? Tiny implants. <laughs> be better. Okay. Which was it also year... snuck into space? <laughs> Talking about snucking things in. And when, when it became illegal to send children by mail. 
by parcel post in America? Uh, it's like three years ago. <laughs> it's still legal. Trick question. It, it shall be legal again. <laughs> no, it just happened a bit, a bit more than 100 years ago. Was, up, up to 1913, it was legal to send kids in America to parcel post. I only missed it by 100 years. <laughs> All right, Chris Steph, let's move on to like the last question. This one is like winner takes all. Let's go with hold it. Hold on, hold on, wait a second. Okay. Oh, oh. Oh wait. Forest unit is of back. Russian. Uh, the. But yeah. I shall have. I shall I'm have one. Unit, oh, Russian uh, unit of measure. An arshin. Arshin. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess. Well, now the... you know what I'm talking about. Jeez. <laughs> you can't pronounce Arshin. Russian. Not not on your own. Arshin. Arshin. How's that? <laughs> Close. It was. In, it was uh, set up by Peter the Great. There you go. I think Wait. it was Piotr. 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 And here comes the jackpot question, the best one that I've saved up for all of you people. So, yes. how many of how many of you how many of you have like pets at home? Pets. Yes. Uh, Depends on what you qualify yeah. as a pet. Uh, not children. I mean, it, it's dangerous for in America to have kids anyway. I mean, you and Somalia are the only countries who haven't ratified the UN Convention on the Rights of the Kids. But you know, uh, but uh, pets. I mean, dogs, subject, dogs, man. dogs, cats, yeah, can I, can all, I all the that. Backdoor slam. Sorry. Anyway, sometimes people like to get weird pets. Like Mike Tyson has a tiger, and and Ryan has Greg, Forrest has Scott. You know. Sometimes these pets get controlled and banned, but yeah. which kind of pets did Vietnam ban in 2008? Mind you, Tigers. the fine for owing, owning this pet is uh, $900, which is about twice the annual salary of an average Vietnamese person. So Dennis Rodman. Rats. No, but Rats. Scott, Scott, Rodman. Scott lost points now. It's not Tigers. <laughs> Rats. Mm. Uh, no, but it's it's uh, you're you're somewhat on the right spot. Children, earthworms. <laughs> the authorities uh, banned them because they apparently are a potential source of disease and are not native to this place. Children, Dennis Rodman. It's extremely <laughs> exotic pet for these Vietnamese people. Ah, uh, they are all imported in the country from China mostly. I well, if it's from no, China, then I, I would say turtles. Chinese children. No. Yeah. <laughs> General Tso's chicken. Oh, he just he just passed away. That guy who invented. He did. He did. Like yeah. this last week. R.I.P. I give you I give you three points for that. The guy from yeah. the. Yeah. I mean, you you know interesting facts. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you one go. Well, you have one go on this. Which which pets would would would, would Vietnam ban? Let's start with I don't know. Uh, Jordan. I said a whole bunch, but uh, uh, my final answer is going to be the panda bear. Oh, what? <laughs> like, kind of who has those? Yeah. I arbitrarily you give you twelve points for panda. being fun, for being cute. Okay. okay. <laughs> Scott, your turn. No, I don't. I have no idea. Abstain. Aww. All right, I'll, I'll I'll jump in for Scott here. I I would guess it's a. Um, it's a really invasive species, like something like the snakehead fish, or uh... it is really invasive. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a pet. 
No, that is not a no, pet. Exactly. It's not a pet. They, they know have sub. They now have subculture. They illegally smuggle them, and then they have them, and then they have clubs of these pets owners, and it's Parents. massively popular in teenagers. Uh, I'm surprised Scott didn't say tribbles, but uh, what's a tribble? The, <laughs> oh, what's a start, that's, for another day. that's for another day. That's for another day. Okay, good, good call. Good call. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, but uh, no, I would say, is it okay? How about a clue? Is it is it a a, a fairly common pet? That yes, it, yeah. Jeez, and I would say dog. Uh, no, <laughs> no. They eat more than four million dogs in Asia each year. You know, a duck. No. Gerbil. What's oh, a gerbil? A snake. A snake. Oh, I did it. Ask Richard Gear. A really I big just, uh, duck. I would, I would say a rabbit. Your guys are close. Floor, what do you say? He said, "Oh God." <laughs> uh, You're the biology guy. No, they you haven't know, banned God yet. You know what? <laughs> I, really, I thought they were coming. I'm I'm really gonna stick to my guns here on <laughs> Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> No, Actually, Dennis I, uh, Rodman I will, I will give that. four points to David because he's completely correct. It is hamster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, they, wait. They Rich... get out of control? Wait, who, I who said, said Richard Gere? I was super close. Richard Gere? Yeah, I don't know what Gerbil is. No, no I, I did. I did. <laughs> Scott. Scott said Richard Gere, and I said Gerbil. <laughs> I said all that stuff. Nobody gave me ham- anything. If it's hamster. <laughs> See, Actually, Tribble is right. The points here are given by Alice. So, Alice, can you come here and maybe read the hear points Alice. aloud? I don't believe that Alice is here. Is she actually keeping track? Alice, Alice is keeping track. Alice, just write down the points to people and come and, and listen. You have to voice the points. All right. So, the points have been accumulated and accordingly. Drum roll, please. In fifth place, with 76 points, Scott Philbrook. Whoa! Wow. Wow. Impressed. Wait, I'm in the uh, last place or first place? Fifth. How are you in the fifth? fifth? There's only four people okay. participating. I feel good. I think that's good for Scott. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay I'm surprised he ranked at all, yeah. In fourth place, with 112 <laughs> points, Jordan. Woohoo! Yay! Yay. Fourth place. In third place. With 131 points, Ryan. Woo! Yay! I'll take mediocrity. Second place. (laughs) (laughs) In second place, with 139 points, Forrest. Oh! Comfort behind this. Which means that the winner tonight, with 140. (laughs) With 144 points. Blurry photos! Hey! David Flora! I think we all know the real winner here is Dennis Rodman. That's <laughs> true. And with, and with this, we will, we will finish the show. But... I just, I, I just want to say uh, much credit to you for trying to come up with all the questions and uh, organizing okay. it and getting it all together. It's a lot of effort, and uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you, Kristaps. Uh, thanks Aww. a lot. I have a, I, I made Alice angry because of this, so it's cool. Oh, oh dear. Oh. It means she cares. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very nice. On that note, on that note, we, we can we can leave this. Thank you all for being here. I love you guys. Thank you. Planning for your next trip. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.